0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank & Trust. Member FDIC. Time to groove with Grovey, with an all-time great Razorback quarterback.
1: Takes it, cuts inside to the 10, to the 5, he'll score. Touchdown, Quinn Grovey. Showing the great athletic ability. Did it his way. Current
0: Razorback Broadcast Analyst, Quinn Groby. Grooving with Groby is brought to you by Bell & Sward at 1011 Oak Street in Conway. From boots to
1: suits, they have everything for the best-dressed man.
0: Now, let's groove.
1: Maybe it's because I was up too late last night. Maybe it's because I had an odd combination of uh, beverages. But it never occurred to me to ask him before. But... Quinn, is that your is that your full first name? It's not shortened for anything, is it? Quinn? Yeah.
0: Yeah. My first name is actually Roland. Roland. And, uh, I, I, yeah, and R O L A N D. And I was like, I don't know what the hell my parents were thinking with that, but they came up with Roland and uh I decided to go roll with Quinn. Right. <laughs> so I, I hadn't been Roland since I was like four.
1: <laughs> so it's Roland Quinn Grovey? That's right. Where did the names come from? Are those family names or do they just pull them out of a hat?
0: Uh, well I think my the name Roland came from a my dad used to love the buffalo bills and there was a running back for the buffalo bills in the 60s and 70s uh uh named Roland and so he named my first name after that Quinn I don't know where Quinn came from but that's that was the the, the better of the two and I decided to rock with it
1: that's a good one. I love it. Although, if you were Roland Grovey, I'd, I think that was pretty cool yeah. too. Roland. Roland with Roland. Yeah. Roland. I, mean, that been good. You know, I mean, you know, yeah, you might get a cease I and desist from from, uh, from Coach Richardson, yeah, but. Uh.
0: Well, a name like Roland, they're going to send you some AARP stuff at 12. <laughs> I mean, you
1: know. <laughs> I love it. Roland Hooks was the Buffalo Bills <laughs> running him.
0: back. That's him. That's him. Yeah.
1: How did your dad become a Bills fan?
0: I don't know. I mean, my dad traveled a lot in the military. He was a a master sergeant in the Army. He traveled a lot. and uh, But I, yeah, I don't know how he, he settled on the Buffalo Bills, but he liked him, and uh, that was the name I got.
1: See, this is getting to know Grovey. I like this segment. Why didn't you become a Bills <laughs> fan? I mean, they were rolling in the early 90s. Unfortunately, they, they didn't they, win one. but Yeah,
0: they were. I mean, I, I was actually a football fan. I was always a Rams fan, of course, but. Never really converted to the bills. Uh, my dad was always excited about them, but yeah, just didn't. It didn't. Uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> mm.
1: Well, let's talk about this. Uh, it didn't work out for Arkansas this weekend over in Arlington yeah. either, Quinn. So let's talk about what happened there. Let me start with the question that is puzzling all of us. We puzzled and puzzled until our puzzlers were puzzled this morning. Yeah. Why would A and M call a timeout at the end of a game that they're winning by double digits to try to score one more time on Arkansas?
0: I mean, do we really know that that was the issue though? I mean, I mean, I understand. And I and, me and Chuck, were talking about that. Like, what do you do? I mean, I mean, how do you, I mean, do you, do you try to run another play? Do you take a knee? Do you, embar- I mean, like if you take a knee down there, I mean, you're like embarrassing, you know, your opponent, those kind of things. Or at least that's what people think. So I don't look, I don't know exactly what they were thinking. I don't know what you do in that situation. And uh, it was just really a good thing that Arkansas was able to hold up. But, um, Yeah, I'm not sure what Jimbo was thinking, so I'm not I'm not going to speculate on the fact that he was trying to call a timeout to score. Uh,
1: Was he (laughs) calling a timeout to try to get someone else in the game? I I mean,
0: I don't know. I don't. I mean, I really, I really don't know. But I don't think he was trying to do anything that was going to be malicious or anything like that. Or I mean, he probably could have. I mean, they were running up and down the field in the second half, so mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure they probably could have dialed up something if they really wanted to to try to attempt and score.
1: Was the play clock
0: running out, and that's why they called timeout, or could the game just expired? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember uh, I the exact again. details of that.
1: Well, here's my thing: take the delay of game, take the five yard yeah. penalty because you don't really need to score again anyway. Anyway, okay, that's really not the biggest point of the day, I guess. Uh, where did it all go wrong, in your opinion, for Arkansas on Saturday?
0: Well, you know, I think it started with, I think it started right before the half. I mean, when you didn't get that fourth down, you gave A&M an opportunity to, to score right before the half. And I'm certain people have talked a lot about, you know, the plays we've run on fourth down. Um, but I think it started right there. And then you get it back on the first play of the second half. And you think, okay, this thing is about to turn. But then a kicked it into high gear. Uh, and, and gave us fits in the second half i just thought that they spent so much time in our backfield i mean they just disrupted everything that we did uh it felt like it felt like the plays we were running were you, you know slow to develop and a m was like we're not going to give you time to have things develop and so with the, the you know the seven sacks the 15 tackles for loss i mean that was very difficult for arkansas to deal with kj you know it was hard for him to see what was going on they tried to dial up a few uh deep shots but and then was able to get to them. So when you, when you run the ball for 42 yards, I mean that's that's a bad situation for you. And then defensively, I mean you just you, you let them you know you let them run it, you let them throw it, uh, and they were very effective. And then the punt return really really uh, hurt you as well. But I thought it I thought it all changed with what took place right before that. What do you think happens though if Armstrong is able to make that catch following the fumble recovery and ties the game in the third quarter? Oh, man, I mean, anytime you can, you know, pull, pull, pull within uh, a tie or whatever in a situation like that, I think it helps. I mean, I mean, from a a mental standpoint, Arkansas is just looking for something good to happen. Arkansas is looking for a big play. And the one thing we talked about going into this football game was the fact that finding a way to get chunk plays were going to be critical because it's hard to go 15 plays, 76 yards versus an A&M defense. And we finally got a a chunk play towards the end that you talked about, but you needed more chunk plays and you weren't able to get those. And that was a key to the game. They they just didn't provide those chunk plays. And I think that's something that Arkansas is continually trying to Mm -hmm. figure out because this offense is not, I mean, I I don't want to say it's not built to go 15 plays and 76 yards. You're built to do that when you feel very confident running the football. When they know you're going to run the football, right. and I don't know that we're really comfortable in that situation right now.
1: It's just a lot of stress. We talked about that yesterday, Quinn. That's a great point. I mean, just really hard to execute 15 plays in a row without you know a penalty or a, you know a drop ball or a you know guy misses an assignment yeah. or whatever. There's a lot of things that have to go right, and not getting explosives makes things very very difficult for them for sure. So this week it's out of the frying pan and into the fire, and you're going up against a top-ranked offense in Ole Miss, a team that is scoring at a rampant pace. So you got the reshuffled offensive lineman. Let me get your thoughts there because there's really two schools of thought there. It's either, hey, we're doing this to be strategic or, hey, we're doing this to be desperate and we really have no other options. Uh, what, what's your feeling on that, and, and how do you think it translates to the field on Saturday?
0: Well, I don't know. That, that's the, <laughs> that's really the honest answer. I don't know, and, and I think when you're in this situation – uh, I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you, they have to just really decide what they feel is best. I don't think you make changes because the fan base is saying one thing or another. I think Sam and this staff understands what they really want to try to do. So I think you stick to your principles. And if things don't work, I'm gonna go down with my principles. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just change because somebody wants me to change. You can go on social media and find. <laughs> 500 different solutions to your problem yeah (laughs) but uh I, i think that they're close to that that football team they understand what they need to do but i do know that sam talked about it earlier this season how the fact that if you make one change or two changes all that is is just a domino effect across the line of scrimmage and so now he feels like maybe he may need to make some changes and try to uh, shake it up just a little bit to to get this offensive line a little bit more productive.
1: So can they? Can you see a scenario where they keep pace with Ole Miss this weekend? If so, what do they need to do?
0: Well, I don't think that I, I don't think Ole Miss's defense is all that. I mean, I don't want to say all that good <laughs> because if right. they they give us problems, then that's going to be a problem. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think Arkansas will have an opportunity to move the football against. I mean, LSU was running up and down the field on them. Ole Miss is giving up points this year. And I'm certain they're probably going to try to take the Texas A&M approach. And and that's going to be – Lane Kiffin's going to be like, look, they struggle when you bring a lot of pressure. And we're not, you know, fundamentally one of the better defenses in the SEC, but they've got talent over there. So I, I would expect them early on to bring a lot of pressure. So what does that mean for Arkansas? That means for Arkansas that, it, it, look – you start out doing the things that you need to do. But the one thing that I've always done, even when I was playing and, and, I, and uh, looking at it, if if you're having a hard time blocking somebody, then you need to find ways to utilize their aggressiveness against them. I, I thought the 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 halfback screen, the rocket on Saturday was really good. I mean, mm-hmm. let them come up, make them feel like they're getting to you, drop it over the head. You don't have to block them. You can sometimes go uh, 20 personnel. You can put two running backs in the back. And you can actually do some triple option stuff where you read two people and you don't have to block them. You let your offensive line get to the second level where they can deal with a linebacker or a safety, and KJ can read and, and you put more on his plate. And so I think it's going to be more of uh, screens, draws, traps if you have a hard time blocking them if they're being very, very aggressive.
1: Okay. Um, last year it was the red zone this year the number one complaint yeah is fourth and short <laughs> yeah. so what do you think give me your thoughts
0: well you know and I will say I mean on the very against BYU I did say on the broadcast I was like well this was before I was like I you know KJ's gonna get he's gonna line up and, and sneak this thing and get the first down It didn't happen and 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 here's the deal I know about fourth down. And here's the deal. I know about play calling. The question is not the play really that you run. The, the, ples- the question is, did you get it or not? <laughs> and and was it successful? Because I've never seen any fan or anybody say, you know, on that touchdown play, that play sucked. That play call sucked. <laughs> you know. So it it really comes down to we're we're accountable to how many plays worked and how many how many didn't. And so regardless of what play you called, and I mean, I'm certain there are things that once you call it play, people will always have a thought process on what probably would have worked better. But again, I'm not, you know, look, they understand that making plays work in fourth down is really the thing that, that, that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I try not to get caught up in, in the whole play call thing, because I don't think Sam and Dan are sitting around going, okay, let's, Let's try to figure out what play's not going to work so we yeah. can make our fans mad.
1: Well, I do think it would be more justifiable if you did go for it. And, again, I didn't like the justification for not doing a fourth-and-one sneak in that they said, well, you know, the basically he was suggesting there was a loaded box. So, I'm like, well, most teams are going to load the box on a fourth-and-short. So, that's not really yeah. unique. And people are sneaking all over the world right now doing it. So, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you're right. I mean, whatever. If they, may, if they find a play that works, and Kevin Kelly was talking about that yesterday, it's like, you know, like you said, I mean – Run a screen, do something different, but yeah, I mean, I just if if the play works, you're right. Nobody's gonna go. I don't care if you, you know, run a reverse to your guard as long as you uh, as long as you get the first down. We don't care. So that's right. Yeah, I'm a by any means necessary guy for sure. (laughs)
0: Quinn, last week uh, in the second half, the Razorbacks defense changed up and started. They started bringing the pressure and and they got to to Johnson, Max Johnson, several times, hit him hard, and all of a sudden you saw his throws. I mean, he had some at the feet of his receivers. He missed some guys. Uh, They didn't ever get home and sack him, but you could tell that 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 made a difference. Do you think uh, that's something this defense continues to do? I think, I mean, I think, look, I know know we've given up a lot of points, you know, from a defensive perspective. But I will say that, in my opinion, when you look through all the minutia, I do believe that this defense has given – this offense, an opportunity to have success. I think they've found a way to create turnovers. They created turnovers that led to touchdowns. They created short fields, but they've been putting some bad situations last week. Well, actually against LSU, they, they, it really started. I mean, they were bringing like five and then they started bringing six. I mean, they were bringing Poopal, they were bringing Thomas and they were like getting after Daniels. I mean, I thought they had him flustered in the first half, but I expect pressure to really continue to happen. Now what happens when you bring pressure you've got to make sure you've got the right coverage on the back end. In the first half against AM, they had Hudson Clark matched up with Anaya Smith, and that's a tough tough situation to put him in. And then in the second half you could see that they had Hudson Clark kind of playing back and had, you know, some other guys coming down playing a little bit more man and stuff. So I think they'll continue to do that because this defense wants to be more and more aggressive because if If your offense is not clicking on all cylinders, then your defense has to find a way to create turnovers and create field position for your football team, and I think that that's what they're thinking.
1: Let me ask about a couple other games in the SEC this weekend. You got uh, LSU trying to rebound, going up to Missouri, a team that is surprisingly undefeated at this point in the season, surprisingly to most of us, at least. I'm sure that it's exactly what Eli was expecting to happen. And then, sorry, Coach Drinkwitz. And then uh, you got the A and M Alabama matchup this weekend, which should be a really good one over in College Station.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, you know, I know Alabama is, is is struggled with the quarterback position, but I think they'll continue to find ways to get Melrose involved. They finally said, "Look, he's the best option we have." I think you're going to see him be very involved. I, I think Alabama wins that football game, and then you know nobody wants to go to Columbia. Missouri. Nobody wants no. to go to Columbia,
1: Missouri. No, even people so who hopefully. go to Missouri don't want to go to Columbia, Missouri.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure about LSU. I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm fickle with LSU. I mean, they're high, they're low, they're high, they're low. I don't know what to expect, but I really expect, I, I don't expect Missouri to give them that much of a challenge. They're going to find out what their football team is about. Uh, this weekend so I'm I'm going with LSU and Alabama in those situations
1: contender pretender Kentucky Wildcats they're going to find out this weekend at Georgia or at least they're going to have a better clue what do you think and Georgia obviously has not been as dominant
0: yeah yeah I mean what they did last week with the way they ran that football if they can continue to do that and play defense under stoops they're going to be tough so I'm going to say contender I did pick Tennessee to win the east even outside of Georgia although I do believe uh, on our plane ride back, I was watching Georgia play, and I did see Carson Beck get more and more comfortable letting it go to Brock Bowers. But right. I'm going Tennessee, and I will say that Kentucky is
1: a contender. Okay, you like him to catch, uh, catching fourteen and a half?
0: Uh, I don't know about that. Though. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm a, yeah. I would I would go with that. I don't okay. know, but I, I I'm gonna go with him.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Uh, and by the way, let's be honest. I mean. If you ain't comfortable throwing it to Brock Bowers, you're not a very yeah. damn good quarterback. That's all <laughs> that is pretty good. That He'll is, make you look good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, what do you What do you think about uh, – we haven't seen a lot from Gums. You uh, yeah. He obviously had a really nice resume coming out of North Texas. you like him yeah. uh, in that role getting a little more time?
0: Well, you're going to have to have it. I mean, that's your pass catcher right there. I mean, Bax is going to be more of a blocker. He can't catch the ball. But it felt like Has in this tight end position was coming up big and about to be one of the better – Receiving options for K.J. I think Gums is going to have to fill that role.
1: For sure. Quinn, good stuff. Thank you for the time uh, and enjoy the weekend. Safe trip over to Oxford, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, gentlemen. See you later. All later. right. Guess he means us. That's Quinn Grovey, ladies and gentlemen. Great to have him.